Hashtag SAFM LNC. Remember to use that hashtag every time you tweet or retweet us at SFM. LNC Late Night Conversations. Our guest today, as we speak, the man who murdered his fiance. We've got Mkabisi uh, Kandama. Mkabisi, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Patricia. So on Monday, Mkabisi, you contributed on our conversation when we were speaking about the scourge of gender-based violence. We have seen a lot of young women reportedly dead because of gender-based violence. And you decided to open up to South Africa and tell us your story and um, the crime that you perpetrated. Before we even get to that crime, let's get to know the man Mkabisi. Before you created this, uh, before you created another statistic, if I may so put it, what were you doing? Um, who was your fiance, and what was the relationship like? Okay, firstly, Patricia, uh, before I say anything, uh, I just want to say I'm doing this thing to to help men who have a problem. To help men who are treating uh, of of maybe killing their partners, men who do not have a way out, maybe you know, on how to solve their problems. I'm doing this to help them to say to them that you can change your mind and be a better person. You don't have to kill her, but you can think before you do anything. That is why I'm doing this thing. Uh, First of all, I was a member of a certain church and I used to be a senior youth leader and used to preach and, and sing in my church. And and also, I was a former editor of a community newspaper in Cape Town City Region. And in the Eastern Cape, I was the director of a program called ADRA. It is a program that helps uh, the drought and relief agents and my fiance were both in the same church and she was working uh, at the police station as a, a state accountant so that's where we met we both met uh, in the church and we went to church together and we fell in love with, with each other and then along the way I was so interested in him so much that I wanted her to be my wife. But you see, things happened rapidly because even before we were married or or paying Lobola or anything, we we used to spend some time together, like, you know, visit her, sleep with her several times and do things together. And as a result, I became obsessed with her and uh, along the way I did not want her to you know to 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 talk to other people and I just wanted her to myself only that is where I discovered that that's where I saw that it was the first mistake that I made that to own her and not maybe to allow her that space you know to to be herself and as we fell in love with each other, and then I made a number of mistakes. The mistakes that I made were such that, because I wanted her to myself, I just 
organize monies and pay the dollars, you know, and in some cases, you know, I like saying things are going to be okay and saying things are going to be like this. Whereas, you know, I knew that I was still battling to get things right. I didn't want it to be that wrong person to her. I always to be this right guy, you know, who made things happen. And with my mistakes, there was a time where uh, we, we, we separated because of my mistakes and lies. Because I, I, I did lie, you know, in certain instances and lies caught up with me. And then in the end, he decided to, to dump me, you know. It was hard to accept that because I loved her so much. And uh, one day, I, I visited her where she was working. I didn't tell her that I was going to come. Because in our relationship, there was, you know, a, a, a third person. So I, I visited her. And then we spoke, but I saw that she didn't want anything to do with me. And she didn't want me anymore. And it was difficult for me to accept that. So, One, uh, sorry, I, I'd uh, like you to explain. You say in your relationship at that time, there was a third person. Who was the third person? The third person was the person who was in love with her where she was working. So you guys had separated and then she went into another relationship? Yeah, and then there was another relationship, yes. Mm-hmm. So that, that relationship somehow did not give me a chance to even reason with her, to even talk about the problems or uh, reconciliation. I didn't have that chance altogether. And I saw that indeed I was, I was losing, I was losing her. And one weekend, the last weekend before I committed this criminal offense, I was, I, I, I was at home. I was, I was thinking the whole weekend, what can I do? What can I do? Because I tried to talk to people and people did not solve, you know, the, the, the problem that I had. Everybody that I wanted to talk to did not have answer to what I was going through. Even I was at church, you can bear in mind I was at the church. I could not even sing. I could not even pray. You know, I was always outside, you know, thinking what's wrong with I was like a dead person. My body was, was numb because my problem was within me and nobody wanted to hear what I, what I was going through. Of course, people knew that there was a problem in the relationship. On Sunday, again, things were, were, were not that good because when I, whenever I tried to call her, you know, she could not, she didn't want to hear anything from me. On a Tuesday morning, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, I don't know what came to me. I said to myself, okay, the third person in this relationship is a policeman, and police carry firearms. So what must I do? Okay, I must die. It means I must die. So let, let me go there and, and, and see, because I know where she, 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 she lived, and I always visited the place. So I went to the shop and I bought the knife 
and I, I bought the poison, the red poison, because whatever happens there, I was sure I was going to kill myself and commit suicide. Then I took a taxi. I went there. She was not aware that I was I was coming. So I went at the police barracks, went inside the room and waited. You know, I don't drink, but that day I bought uh, the lip and I bought the beer. It was whatever I was going to do, I was not going to be myself. I wanted something that would disturb, you know, my mama, my, my mind. So I sat there inside. Around the three o'clock, I I drank the nip, I drank the beer, and then I sat there and waited. At four, the same car, you know what was so strange? Whenever I visited her at the police station, the same guy who gave us a lift to where she was staying used to give us a lift. But I was not aware that what what, what was going on. Now, I, I waited. The same guy came, and then they parked the car in front of the room, and I was I was there, and I I looked through the window, through the curtains. And I saw them inside the car, and I saw everything inside the car, and I was so angry. And then I took the knife, I stabbed the wardrobe, and I stabbed the blankets because I was I was angry, very angry. And then I waited. Mkabisa, I, waited. I want to interject a bit here. I want to understand something. You had okay. said to us that at this point, you had already broken up with your fiancé, so you were no longer in a yes. relationship with her. But you still kept on visiting her because you were feeling distraught. Yes. So you were visiting someone who did not want you to be in their presence. Yes. Okay. And and, and how did you gain access into the barracks where she lived? I had my own set of keys. When you broke up, did she not bother to take the keys from you? No, no, she never took the keys from... but, But by the way... I had my own set of keys, but when I got there, I lost the key. You know, the room, I know the room that at the back, you know, if there was a problem with the door, had a problem with the door, I used to open at the back. So what I did, I went through the back and entered inside the room. So you trespassed. You trespassed. Yeah, you can say so. Yes, you can say so. Because, because when I went in there, there were kids who were playing, and also there were some policemen who knew me. So they, 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 I greeted them. And they, some of them were not aware of what was going on between us, because what happened was, happened in the spare of the moment. It was not something maybe that took place, we separated a long time ago. Many people were not aware even that we separated. So maybe that is why when they saw me coming inside the yard there, they greeted me, they smiled, and, and the kids. Several times when I got inside the room, I called one of the kids, kids and I sent him to the shop to buy the airtime. And then she came back with the airtime. So nobody was aware that there was something wrong between us. All right. So you saw the two of them uh, together in the car through the window. Yes. And that's when you took the knife that you had bought and started stabbing. Yes, uh, the I saw furniture. them in the rack, yeah caressing each other, you know, touching each other. And that's what made me so angry. So I took the knife and stepped the, the, the wardrobe and uh, everything. And by, the, by that time, alcohol was working 
you know, inside of me. And then I, 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 I sat down. I went there again. And when I, for the second time now, as I was looking, she came outside. And then when she saw that there was someone inside the room, the, I, the curtain moved. When the curtain moved and she screamed then and then I said, there is somebody in the room. And she quickly came and opened the door. And then when she opened the door, I said, baby, please, man, let's talk. She was shocked to see me in there. By the way, maybe she suspected because nobody would have you know, gone inside the room. And then she said, please, baby, man, let's talk. And then she didn't want to talk. She went outside. And then this guy was standing by the door, you know, and then what happened, I took the knife and I stabbed this man because I was angry, because I was saying to myself, you are the cause of this thing. And then I stabbed him and then he fell down and then I ran after him. That's where I had her until she died. And then I took the knife and then I was trying to stab myself, but my body was like a rubber. I, I wondered, I stabbed and then, then I forgot, I went inside. I took that poison and then I drank it because I wanted to die as well. And then after I drank the poison and then I passed out, I woke up in the hospital in the ICU. All right. Um, let me say this story is, is a very difficult one, a very sensitive story that you have just told us. And it's sensitive uh, on many levels. But we, we'd like to get an understanding in, in the, the thought process of offenders who commit gender-based violence. And um, as much as I'm going to say, I commend you for being honest and open about this, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it with caution because the crime committed can never be reversed. You premeditated this particular incident. You knew exactly what you were going there to do. You initially said to us that you had a sense of ownership in this relationship. You had a sense of wanting her all to yourself. And to some who are psychologists or who are well-learned in the workings of the mind would say that you, are not, you, you had the traits of a narcissist. You know, when I analyze my situation, Patricia, I was sick. That is what I say. I was, I was very sick because I did not have to do that. I was sick in this way. Whenever I was at home, and 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 bear with me when I tell you this, because I know some of the people do not want to agree with me when I explain where, what I went through, because to me, it is the truth. I was obsessed with it, obsessed in such a way that whenever I was at home, and and my mind would go to the time that we had spent when we were together, especially when it comes to sex, because that's where my sickness was. My sickness was with sex. And then I would, I would say, hey, somebody, and that person, oh, he must be doing what I was doing with her. All, the, all those nonsenses, that was my problem. That is what I'm mentioning in this book, that it played a very big role in, in my sickness, it, it, because it was my sickness. And then because of that, because of that, I said to myself, okay, this must be mine only. That is why I wanted to marry her. I did everything very quick, very, very quick. I mean, no normal person would do that. It's only a sick person that would do that. I was very, very sick.
very sick. But unfortunately, I, 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 there was no psychologist, Johnny, but I was very sick with her, obsessed with her. I mean, there are, there are times if, if, if I, I call her and the phone is off, then I would say, oh, I'm, I wonder what is she doing? I wonder what is happening. Why is the phone off? And then in the morning, I would, I, I would be angry and say, hey, man, why, what happened yesterday? And the person who said, no, there was nothing wrong. I was asleep. I just switched off the phone. So I'm explaining to you my sickness in all these things. No. And 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 we hear you very well that uh, you would call it a sickness, and this is why we want to understand what happens mm. in the mind of a person who commits a grave crime, a murder, um, violates a person's rights, and violates the right to life. What goes on in that mind? And clearly, this sickness of yours did not start when you were in this relationship. It's just it probably became exasperated while you were in the relationship. This is late night conversations on SAFM. My my name is Patricia Nduli. I am speaking with Mtebisika Ndama, who is an author of My True Confessions. We'll still get to speak about his book. But he is an ex-convict. He murdered his fiance and also assaulted the fiance's boyfriend. In fact, if I may so put it, his ex-fiance because they had already broken up. Remember that you can join in on this conversation by calling us on 011-714-3945, alternatively 891 104207. Our WhatsApp number is 0614104107. If you want to reach out to us on social media platforms, you may do so at SFM Radio or at Patricia N. Nduli. The hashtag is SFMLNC. I want to start here. I mean, you, you mentioned that you mistakenly, um, <laughs> you mistakenly, um, uh, harmed, killed and harmed the gentleman and killed your ex-partner. And, you know, when we put it up on Twitter uh, and quoting what you say, um, one of uh, the tweets says, uh, and this comes from I'm the Eyes of Africa, he says, mistakenly, nah. So it doesn't seem like it was mistakenly. And you also say that you premeditated it. And then on WhatsApp, I've got a question here for you. It says, can you ask this guy as to what estranged or drove the lady from him what made the lady to dump him and this is from adam i lied to her simple i lied to remember what i said i said because there is you know because of the what i was getting from her i i did things uh, rapidly I wanted to marry her very quick so that I can be with her in my life. I'll tell you one of the things that I have written in this book. We're supposed to to be married on the the 6th, on a Sunday. But there are things that happened in between. And the wedding was cancelled on Friday before we got married on Sunday. But it it is a long story, but I, I I mentioned it here. Some of the some some of the lies that I I said is that maybe things are gonna be like this, and the things would not be as I wanted them to be, you know, because of what was happening, you know, with my problems. And I, that, I, that, 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 
I repeat again, your, your problems did not start clearly when this relationship started. You were probably sick, in your words, um, long before this, because your, your, the characteristic traits that you are giving me, are, I'm not a psychologist and I repeat this, but are, are bordering between you know, some of the psychopathic um, traits and also the narcissist traits. And I'd like to even look at some of them. I mean, for a psychopath, one of the traits are that you're superficial and charming and you know that's how you got this lady but you're also very impulsive and you have the weak ability to defer uh, gratification and control behavior so these are some of the traits of a person who's uh, you know who's, who's a psychopath and then on the other end um when we look at the narcissist i mean your frequent demeanor and always intimidating or bullying and i don't know if you you are aware of this but the fact that you went to your ex house constantly that shows that all you you interrogated her why didn't you answer the phone i called you and your phone was off that that's bullying that's you know you're living in fantasy but um you know let's it's, it's good that we're talking about this it's good that we mm, are mm. opening up the minds of women mm, and men mm. because women need mm. to be aware of such traits men need to be aware if they possess such traits so that they can curb it before it even gets to a point where a crime is committed. On Twitter, we see that Goli Swa Nyandeni says, my word, what a horror story on hashtag LNC, um, the thought process of people who are committing gender-based violence. So it is, it is definitely something quite scary. And I'd like to go to the calls. I've got Ngonde, who's in PE. Ngonde, thank you very much for calling us. How are you this evening? Patricia. Mm, how are you, Ngonde? How are you? Um, my, my heart is palpitating because of the story we have today. But other than that, Patricia, Patricia, you must set a name of steel. This topic is not like your closet, where you laugh a lot, you know. Mm. This is tough, but you must deal with it. Now, Patricia, let me comment and say, prior to the murder, there were some antecedents. In other words, a happening before the happening. If I can call ABC antecedent, you know, what happened before, this guy was obsessed, you know, was owning her, you know, and was behaving just like that. Phone calls and whatever. Behavior... He actually murdered her, right? Consequences, he was jailed. Fair enough, he came back. Now, Patricia, concern I've got, and I would like your guest to answer. What undo death, right? It's a given, right? Now, from the point of view of the family of the deceased, they really cannot bring her back to life, right? However... This element and the law is against our country that there's a sanctity of life. Capital punishment has been abolished by Judge Pass Langer and so forth in 95. My concern is if capital punishment has been abolished, right, this seems to be in favor of the perpetrator because just like a perpetrator has got the right to life, so does the victim, right? When the victim life has been taken away, it therefore ceases to protect it, right? However, the life of the perpetrator is guaranteed. 
he will spend some time in jail, subject to parole, blah, 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 eat three meals a day, you know, have medicine, blah, blah. Everything is gone, Patricia. Hmm. You cannot do that. Now, the comment that I guess I want to, to comment on is because you can't undo that from the perspective of a victim. How about double support the introduction of a death penalty? Because truth be told, Ramaphosa in '95, when he was chair of the Constitutional Assembly, he was in possession of letters, thousands of letters, people wanting the death penalty to be reinstated. But anyway, let's forget about that. So in other words, it is not the majority of South Africans who do not want the death penalty. The jury is still out. Referendum must be done and so forth. So, Patricia, if you know that you are narcissistic, right, you are possessive, the behavior right there should tell you, last Patricia, they should give us some insight. If you read Roman Juliet, long time ago, for Shakespeare, long time ago, you will find that Romeo was not in love with love. Romeo was not in love with Juliet, right? Romeo was narcissistic, right? Although Juliet was coming back to life, he thought she was dead. Yes, she wasn't dead. So is the test, right? You must be in love with love. And love is tender, Patricia. Don't be obsessed. Thank you very much, Ngonde. Um, let me see your response there to what Ngonde has said. You know, Patricia, in court, I, I told the judge that I deserve to die. And then I told the judge that I wish there was a death penalty because what I did was, was too painful because I not only... Uh, you know, when you commit a criminal offense, many people are involved, your family, the family of the victim, the community, many people are involved. So I wanted to die. I told the judge, if there was a penalty, I deserved a, a death penalty. Even in court, I told even the, the, the legal representative, I told him, look, uh, I plead guilty. And I'm very, very sorry for what I had done. I did not stand there and say, I am not guilty or do this. No, I told them straight that I'm ready. I'm ready. Even death penalty, I'm ready. Because as far as I'm concerned, you can, there's no justification for taking someone's life. I made a very big mistake in my life, and I'm not happy about it. What I did is still haunting me today, you know, because it is that... Before, uh, you know, before before I met her, I was never like that. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but my behavior was too bad on that day, and I regret for what I had done. That's what I told the judge. So the death penalty, even if, you know, they, they can return it to, 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 you know, to punish us, to me, it's fine. It's okay. Even if I had died, it was okay still. Because why live and deny someone else, you know, a right to live? That is where I stand with that. 
Now, I'd like us, we've looked at your psyche and the process and the incident. This is difficult for, for me. It's difficult for South Africans. It's difficult all around. Um, I'd like us to go to, to, to the victims, the victim, the victim's family. But before I do that, let me remind everyone that you can contribute. You can send your WhatsApps on 0614-104-107. You can SMS 41391 or you can call us on 0891-104-207 or 011-714-3945. I've got another caller on the line as well, but we'll get to that. I want to ask you something, Tabis. You say that you stood up in court and said, I admit I am guilty. And in fact, I deserve capital punishment. I deserve my life to be taken. And I, I'm ready I, to take whatever punishment. So the remorse had that. kicked in. My question is, when this remorse kicked in, what are the what, what what are the ways and means that you took to to amend things? And I don't know if amend is the right word. In fact, it's not even the right word because you can't bring life back, as Nwanda has said. You can't. You can't. But you can't. To, to to interact with the 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 victim's family, because right now you are alive, you live to tell the story, you are somewhat inverted commas. A hero because you are able to give us insight into the mind of a gender-based violence killer you are able to to make south africa understand what goes on in the thought process but the victim who has died cannot tell the story cannot tell her side of the story her family obviously can no longer see her can no longer interact with her if she was a breadwinner so what means did you make to make sure that you reach out to this family? Did you reach I, out to the family? I reached, I, I reached out in, when I, you know, I, I reached in hospital in the first place, because remember I said I drank poison and I wanted to die. So when I saw that I was getting better, I was visited by my parents and then and other people in hospitals. And then I, was, I told him, please, guy, just go and ask for forgiveness. For what? My mind came back, and then I asked for forgiveness. I was detained while I was in prison. I sent even my legal representative before I was sentenced. I said, please, just go and ask for forgiveness. In court, the mother was there. I asked for forgiveness. When I was pleading, I, I told the judge, when I was saying, uh, you know, this is, what I've done is, is, is too bad, and I'm sorry for it. Whatever punishment you are giving me, it's fine, because I'm sorry for it. In prison, I wrote a letter. I, I reached out to them. In the parole board, you know, I reached out to them. I, I, unfortunately, as I said before that, when you commit a crime, many people are involved. They were not ready to talk to me. Even today, they are still not ready. Now, when you say you, you ask for forgiveness, I mean, I don't want to labor on this much, but was it just a general statement, hey, I'm sorry, can we move on? No, um, no, it can't be, it can't yeah. be. So explain it to no, us. No, no. Look, 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 even if, I, I'm saying even if they come and, and, and kill me, maybe something like a revenge, it's fine to me, because what I did to them was too bad. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not protecting my own life. 
I, I don't want to leave, whereas I know that I denied somebody. Even if a bomb can kill me now, it's fine with me. Because what I did was wrong. When did Even the rumors kick I go, in? I walk in the town, they come and shoot me dead. It's fine. When because what the, I did was wrong. Mkabisi, when did the rumors kick in? I think that's very it important kicked, for us to understand. It kicked in when I was recuperating in, in, in hospital. Remember, I drank poison and I passed out. When I discovered that, I can see people, my mind came back, then it kicked in there, and then it, it is where I, I cried a lot in hospital, you know, you know uh, for what I had done. It started there. I discovered it, what I had done. Was, I, I thought I was dying as well because I was committing suicide, but I didn't die. So remorse kicked in there, and that was before you went it to court. Let, there, let's go to I the wanted lines. to die. Let's go to the lines and allow our callers. I've got uh, in Uppington, Clifford. Clifford, thank you very much for being patient with us. How are you? I'm good, Patricia. How are you? I'm strong. Good evening to you and your guest today. Mm. Patricia, here's one thing that uh, uh, the guest there said. I don't agree with obsessed. People get obsessed, but you cannot be obsessed with the person that you you are in a relationship with because we know definitely that it will drive you to things uh, or, or rather to do things that is unreasonable like sitting with your guest normally people they fall in love the beautiful girl blah 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 all those things but it doesn't give you the right to be obsessed or following her doing whatever that's where normally us as guys having this problem, but taking a life and stabbing the other guy, it's something else. That is murder. Mm. You understand? Mm. It's more like it's something that you've already planned to do because even though he says alcohol and whatever, from the house sober, like he mentioned, he go whatever. We cannot blame alcohol. We cannot blame uh, uh, madness. We cannot blame uh, 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 being crazy. You, you you cannot say that because going from your house to the shop, you already decided what you're going to do. That, that That's point number one. You already decided this is what I am going to do because why are you going to buy a knife to go at your girlfriend's place? Number one, if I find him with someone else, or I'm going to threaten her, and if he's staying by his decision that he's leaving me, which means I'm going to kill her. Mm. Simple as that. So it doesn't make sense. With all due respect with the guy there, he must just thank his uh, ancestors because he's on a radio station, a powerful radio station. You are interviewing him. Most of those people, they are still in jail, serving lifetime. You just have to say thank you. Thank you so very much. My point here, yeah. it doesn't, it, there is no excuse at all. There is no excuse at all. If somebody doesn't want you, you gotta move on. It's simple as that. They are there, they are beautiful. Leave them, they want somebody else. No. Thank you very much, Clifford, uh, in Uppington, and we hear you there. Um, let's move to another caller. Uh, Professor, you are in East London. Good evening, Professor. No, you're right. Good evening and good evening to your guest. Good evening, good evening. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, I just want to find out something from your guest. 
he's saying is he wrote a book about what he did. Actually, this was a premeditated matter. Mm-hmm. He had a chance to change when he when he went there to take a taxi, when he went to buy. He had a chance to change, so he premeditated. So he mustn't put the blame to the alcohol. And unfortunately, we cannot reverse what. Professor, he did. so professor, he didn't put any blame on alcohol, from what I understood. He, what, I I, okay, let's allow let's allow him to respond because Mzebis is on the line. He said he bought the alcohol so he can drink it, but he he had already bought the knife before the alcohol. Mzabisi? No, I did not. Go ahead. No, I did. No, no. Right? What? Okay, know, my my, telling my, the, argument, I, 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 my my argument with the alcohol is that. Uh, professor, al- professor, I'd like Hello? I'd like I'd like to respond to you because we're having a discussion okay. here. We're not trying to, you, you know, as much as I say, this is a very sensitive topic for both yes. women and men. We are not trying to to point a finger at Mtabisi. The court of law has already taken its process. Yes, we have not spoken about that as yet on the show. We are about to. But the reason why we have him on air is so that we understand the mind of of a murderer, the mind okay. of a, a gender-based violence uh, um, perpetrator. And and, and I, I want him to also respond so that other okay. men who might be like him, because he, he never used to drink, according to what he said. He was a, yes. a career person. Yes. He did community yes. projects. He was uh, in the church. He preached. He was part of the youth. He exactly. was an upstanding member of community, according to him. Exactly. But because exactly. of this obsession, and when he realized exactly. that he had lost someone, then then he went to to alcohol. So he did not blame alcohol. Let me say, I don't know if you want to elaborate on this no, alcohol no, story. No, no, no. You are okay. telling that. Okay. I, so I, I don't. Yeah. So go ahead. No, I I, I, I was not a drinker. Yes. Even now, I don't drink. Okay. So I don't blame alcohol. Thank you very much, Mr. Bisi. What they Let's, are saying, what they are saying, is the truth. I planned everything. That's yes. what, I'm not against. Everything in, in what these guys are saying, because I'm saying even today that it was a terrible mistake. It was planned. And so, so it was not I a mistake. It was not a mistake. No, it, it was, was a terrible. A, act. I mean, look, 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 look I come to your radio yes. because what I want, I want the guys that are thinking of doing it to say. I'm here for them. Let's talk. Don't do it. That is okay. my message. Please don't kill her. Mkabisi, let's allow Professor to give us his point. Professor. Okay. Okay. Let, let let me let me pass on that point. I I hear him. Let me pass on that point. Mm-hmm. Let me ask rather a question. Two questions. Mm-hmm. If he were because now he's saying he's very remorseful. He's been remorseful since the day he was recovering from hospital. If he were to be given a life sentence, why why didn't he uh, propose to be given a life sentence for his uh, for his action? And and number two, on the book now that he wrote, he's writing the book to 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 sell it so that he can get some money out of it, or he's writing a book because remember when you're writing a book, there is also sales. Is it is it gonna what is it gonna do with this money that is gonna uh, get out of the or out of uh, the sale the sales of the book? 
Thank you very much, Professor. We will respond to that. WC um, will respond to that after this. Let's take a bit of a breather. This is late night conversations. We are having a social conversation that is difficult but very much needed. We are talking about gender-based violence and we have a perpetrator on the line who is um, still under the law and we are just finding out the psyche behind that. You can join us by SMSing 0614-104-107 or you can call us on 0891-104-207 or 011-714-4045. I'm grateful that a lot of men are calling in and I'm seeing a lot of WhatsApps. Please, ladies, you're also more than welcome to give us your experience. SAFM Late Night Conversations. SAFM Leading the Conversation. Tweet at SAFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. This is Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Dooley. I see Anonymous is saying to me, why are you so judgmental in your tone against this man? He's being open with you, but you are calling him names and sneering at him. Please grow up, ma'am. I don't remember calling him names, Anonymous, and I don't remember sneering at him. All I am basically doing is asking questions and also making sure that the statements he makes are heard by our listeners. Um, I, I don't know. Do you feel like I've been calling you names? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think South Africans are very sensitive. And during the break, that's no, what we were no. talking about with, with uh, no. Braben. That we yeah, asked... No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. To, to, to me, to, to me, to me I, I wanted this opportunity a long time ago because what I've discovered is that we... In this femicide thing, we are there is a, a kind of a message that we are missing, you know, for all the the men out there who are killing uh, uh, their partners. Because my 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 intention is Patricia, I, I I want for the first time maybe in this country to to start a, a, a 24-hour call center for men who are thinking of killing their partners to say to them, look guys, I have been there. I've done that and I've made a terrible mistake. Here are the consequences. This is what happened. Please don't do it. If you are about to do it, just talk. Before you do it, just talk to me. I may help you because it happened. I want my experience to stop other men from committing the same criminal offense they are about to commit. As we speak, maybe somebody is ready now to kill his girlfriend. I'm saying to that person, please don't kill her. Give me an opportunity to talk to you so that you can hear my story and hear my mistakes. You know, that, 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 that is the reason. I, I even wrote this book for that. The table says I'm using it when I do the workshops to young boys and also to, to churches or to organizations. And I say, guys, I have done it. It's wrong. And I regret. Even if tomorrow I can be called by the court and say, please come. Uh, want want to 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 hang you i can go because i cannot leave you know because i've killed somebody and i wanted to leave i didn't want when, when i wanted to kill myself i knew that i had killed somebody so why do i want to leave whereas i know i killed someone even today it, it doesn't work for me to to want to leave and and deny someone else an opportunity to leave so it's... i want those men who want who are about to kill to please contact me. Don't do it. Don't kill her. Talk to me. Mkabisi, mm. let's respond to uh, the caller that we had, Professor. Um, professor asked, you wrote the book. What are the, where are the proceeds going? Or did you write the book for fame and fortune? No, we, 
we, we, we want to do, I want I want to do this 24 hour call center the one that I'm just I've, I've just told you about I want to do that call center only for men who, who, who wanted to kill their their partners I want to do to, to do that today I spoke with a certain man who has masters in 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 psychology I spoke to him today and he said look if you want to do that I can I, I can work with you so that you can start that program only for men who has a problem in their relationships so who th- are thinking of killing their partners is, is is that what you are using the proceeds from the book that, to do? exactly that is what and also i travel around talking to other men as well that's what, that's what, that's what is happening because i must tell men not to do it mm, okay let's uh, go to the lines i've got uh, in durban stembi so stembi so thank you very much for holding patiently how are you this evening I'm good, I'm good in you. Excellent, thank you, Stembi. So please speak a bit louder and um, so we can all hear you audibly. Okay, no problem. Uh, I would like to talk to Mr. Mpredisi. Okay? My brother, um, I understand what you went through. I understand the story, the way you analyze it. Uh, I would like to say, I'm not, take, I'm not taking side, okay? But... I would like to, <coughs> I would like to put some more weight to you, Mr. Pelisi. Even me, uh, I'm that kind of a person who have love, too much love that will end, that will end up makes me angry. That will make, that, that will also makes me not, not, not know how to control my emotions. Mm, that sickness is a serious, serious illness. Okay. Mm-hmm. serious illness and you'll end up do something that will end up regret tomorrow mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. committing crime and do other mm-hmm. bad things okay mm-hmm. it's love it's love being attached to someone having too much love you can even go through to your whatsapp and find out your girlfriend is offline okay then mm-hmm. you will end up being angry for nothing you don't know why you make you don't know what makes you angry because you have anger issues you see and that thing it's really really bad to yourself okay mm. uh, i want to ask you something stembis Stembi, so you yes, say no. that you've got the same uh, character traits in in the current relationships that you have or the relationship you have you say you also get uh, very emotional very quickly when it comes to your partner how are you dealing with that because you've also said that it is a sickness but you say it's love. How are you dealing yeah. with it? Are you not scared that one day you could be pushed to the edge that you might end up becoming a perpetrator like Mkabis? Yeah, I okay. I'm that kind of a person. We used we used to ask myself first before I go to see six for six for help to other people. I used to share my stories to my friends, to my brother, to my family members. Then they show me the way how to deal with this crisis, okay? And they used to say, believe in your girlfriend, trust her, give her some space to breathe, to chat with their friends, to check their families. Don't be more attached to her, okay? Don't put more effort to her. Don't love too much. That's what helps me. And what also helps me is that I'm not violent, but I also had anger issues okay i have inside conflict 
So how are you dealing with them? Because you're, you're, you're saying you go to your friends and your brothers and your family and they just tell you that you mustn't love too much. And I think it's a, it's a wrong notion of love because love is not violent. Mm-hmm. How are you dealing with it? Are you mm-hmm. not going to seek for help? Because the traits that you're telling us now are very similar to Mtobis's traits. Mm. All right. Um, you know, Stembi, so we need to go to the news. Zulega um, Kodashi is waiting for us. We will uh, continue with Mtobis a bit later on. Thank you very much for your call. This is SAFM Late Night Conversation. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Late night conversations with me, Patricia Dooley. We are speaking about a very uh, sensitive social issue, and uh, we have Umkebisi Gaandama, who is uh, author of a book called My True Confessions. He is also an ex um, offender. And he has admitted that he did the crime. He's an offender of gender based violence. He killed his ex fiance. And um, we need to wrap up the conversation, obviously, because we need to go into closet conversations. But before we do that, I had Andile in Valcom who was holding so patiently. Andile, how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good, Patricia. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Yes, madam. Uh, Patricia, I'm, I am I want to talk to Mtabisi. Uh, and I feel sorry because what most of the callers wish to do is to do the work that has already been done by the court. They wish to put him on the accused dog uh, and cross-examine him on a on a view or on a path to expose how possibly he may be guilty. And my view is that that has already been done. He has, he has uh, agreed to his sins. So I, I, I plead to people that because the potential of that might be to discourage other people who might want to come forward and educate society about the same ill that he had. Secondly, the issue of restorative justice, I'm happy because it has been addressed. Uh, the fact that whether did he reach out to the families of the victim and did he do that in an authentic way, in a manner that uh, they also understood the uh, the, the the depth of of, of his uh, request for 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 forgiveness and all that? Uh, one thing that I would want him to talk to: what was the reception uh, as he was doing that? Uh, what challenges did he face as he was approaching the families of the victim? I would, I, would, I would probably want him to take the society into that path. Okay, thank uh, you. Thank you, Andile. Because of time, because of time, yes. Andile, we need to wrap up. Uh, let's allow Mtabisi to respond to you, okay? All right. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Um, you know, you will respond to that as to how the reception was from uh, the family of the victims. But here, I've also got a question I think I'm going to have to take, and it's from Uvuyane Zana, who is in Henki in uh, Eastern Cape. He says, how did the government fail his victim? And this is a question for you, Mtabisi. Um, what do you advise government to do to stop gender-based violence? So let's start first with the caller's uh, um, uh, question. Uh, 
the family is not ready even now to talk to me. I reached out to them. You know, in the, the, the process in the parole is that they call the victims to be here, and also you are here, and then you have that dialogue between you and them. The guy that I stabbed was there, but the family of my fiancé was not there. But they were the, 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 the prison tried their level best, but they informed them. But they conveyed my apologies to them a long time ago. So we tried, and they are not ready for that. So I, I'm also still waiting when they are ready, but I, I do want to, I'm, I'm trying my level best. Know, to reach out Understandably so from both uh, sides yeah. of, of the issue. In terms of your, mm. as we close off, because we don't have any more time, you've mm. served your time in prison. Uh, you were sentenced to, you said, 15 years? Yes. 15 years, but you only served seven years and you are currently out on yeah. parole. So the question yeah. from Vuyani, Vuyani was asking, how do you feel the government failed your victim? And also, um, what advice could you give government to stop gender-based violence or femicide? It's difficult for me, but in my, in my view, in my view, there must be a special program for men who have a problem, especially men who are thinking of killing. It must be spe- you must not mix it with other programs, but it must be a, a an exceptional program that is going to deal with men who are thinking of killing their their partners. To me. That is, it can work in that. The hands I said during the beginning that I just want to create a 24-hour call center only for men who are troubled to an extent that they want to eliminate or to kill their 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 partners, so that a person can talk to them and and perhaps stop them from from doing so. The government, I think, if the government can have programs of that nature to me it can help a lot but I was at Inukos FM in 2018 Mkabisi, unfortunately we, we need to take oh, okay. a bit of a breather and then we'll allow you to wrap up after this okay SAFM leading the conversation Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight very difficult conversation we're having here with Mkabisi Ndama, author of My True Confessions. He is um, femicide uh, perpetrator and he has admitted that he is sick or was sick at the time when he committed this crime. And um, he is just now rounding off to say what it is that can be done. So Mkabisi, you were just telling us as we round off that you would you are still going out into the communities to talk to men. You want yes. to open up this uh, call centre yes, that will assist that, men. Yes. 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 Yeah, no, not to, to assist specifically men. What I was saying to you, Patricia, was that after my interview, because of FM, I received more than 500 calls. Even today, there are men who are still calling me saying, hey, this is the problem. This is what is happening. She is doing that. And also ladies who are saying she is doing that. So I'm assisting them. Don't kill her. Please just talk, do this and that. What I'm saying to me, if there can be that, pro- it must especially, I'm emphasizing this, it must be a special program 
for men who are not right upstairs, who are thinking of murdering, to say to them, please, here is another opportunity. Think about it. Mm-hmm. To me, if that program can be established, at least it can do something to men in this country. Not all men, but men who are sick as I was sick. And Mkabisi, you... Mkabisi, you have received psychological help, hence you've got a, a group of psychologists helping you with this journey that you're taking. I, I, I must admit, prison programs are good. They helped me a lot. And also, I, I've, I've never been to a psychologist, but I was helped by the prison programs. There's a program there called um, Domestic Violence and sexual offenses, those programs in prison, they are, it's a pity that to some people, these programs do not work, but to me, they helped me a lot. Maybe if, before I went to prison, I, I, I was taught maybe some of these programs, maybe I would not have done what I did, because when I got to even this, this, this term, obsession, I didn't know anything about obsession, but when I got into prison, the social worker, they told me that, yeah, you were obsessed. That is where the word came. And then I understood that and then that, yeah, I was indeed obsessed. Mkabisi, thank you so very much for joining us and uh, elaborating on your story. We really appreciate it. Okay. We appreciate your the, the, the strength and courage it has taken for you to tell South Africa what goes on in the mind of a person who's about to commit yes. a murder of love or a crime of love, if there's such a thing. And I'd like us to obviously um, use the word love with caution, inverted commas. Um, crimes of passion are what yield for such um, acts and murders. And it is very sad, but we appreciate your honesty. We appreciate the fact that you were open and we appreciate the fact that you're going out into the communities, helping both men and women so that we stop this. Once your call center comes out, uh, and please do let us know. You've got our contact details on the show and then we'll be able to publicize it. And uh, also let us know where your your programs are held so that men can be able to get in touch with you who might want to relate their stories. Thank you so very much. Okay. 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 Okay.